G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz with episode 179 of the Outback Mine podcast. Appreciate you joining in with me once again. Now, many of you may remember a well-known Australian band called Motor Race. Uh, Motor Race would probably... Uh, I suppose most well known for uh, a few of their songs, but one of them, um, Death Defy, was the theme of this, uh, the famous uh, TV show, The Secret Life of Us. They had plenty of other hits, um, really popular Australian band, and uh, I have their drummer on today, Damo Coston. Now, these guys have had a break for 17 years. Uh, basically got back on uh, on the circuit and on the scene again now got some really amazing music coming up with a new album and so forth and um, Damo um, is going to share some of his own uh, mental health journey with us uh, and also some of the other things that he's observed uh, in his time in the music industry and so forth as well so it's going to be a pretty deep and uh, an interesting conversation to get insight around this and I was really keen to get Damien on because he's, uh, he's pretty passionate about this sort of topic uh, as we all are and uh, he wants to be able to do what he can to, to help us uh, to be able to learn from others but also to help uh, create some change out there so I'm really uh, sure you're going to enjoy this chat and really appreciate your feedback. I uh, just want to make special mention to the Real Shift to support the podcast so if you've got something going on in your life that you want to try and change a habit or some things that are stopping you from being your best, uh, they've got a nine-week deep dive program which basically takes people through a transformational experience over that time. And uh, they've got another um, another nine-week program starting uh, soon. I think it's early July. So uh, they support the podcast by helping listeners with a discount. And their, their courses are really cheap anyway. So you will get a 10% discount on their courses. And if you want to jump onto the uh the, um, the, the web page is just uh, therealshift.com. Uh, if you go therealshift.com forward slash deep dive, you will see uh, what they're doing um, and some information around uh, their nine-week uh, course there. I uh, really encourage you to jump on because, you know, it's, it's a small investment to make in yourself if you can. Uh, really had some shifts uh, that, that go on and, and these guys are really good at what they do. So I'm sure you'll get some success and results. So please check them out, therealshift.com forward slash deep dive. All right, appreciate your feedback with this conversation with Damo and I uh, to support it at batmind.com.au. G'day Damo, how are you? I'm good, Aaron. Thanks so much for having me today. It's a pleasure. pleasure to be here. Oh, mate, really, really grateful. I've uh, liked you, or I wouldn't say liked, I've loved your music for a long time, and uh, um, it's good to see you guys are actually uh, back on track again. Sure are. Back on the road, <laughs> um, acting like we're 18 again, back from 1997, 98, so playing the songs, all the hits, Aaron. Just, oh, just all hits, mate. That's true, and there's more coming, I reckon. So uh, strap yourself in. Yeah, we just we hit the studio um, a little bit of downtime around COVID, but we, yeah, we went back into the studio and did a couple of songs. So um, Knock Knock, which is the latest song, came out of that. Um, was cool, and we've um, got our first song on the radio in like 18 years or something silly. So that was nice. Mm. Um, but it was it was good to put the the tools back on, and off we went. You know. Oh, mate, it's like riding a bike. Be awesome, you know, when you got that 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 passion and skill and knowledge of uh, you know what you what you innately know how to do well to, to sort of reignite yourself would be be tremendous for you. I would have thought. Yeah, it's um, 
Yeah, I mean, you definitely know your age. We're we're definitely older men, so we definitely know where we're at <laughs> with that. And and there's no intentions to try and keep up with the young ones. That's their job. Yeah. But uh, but our job is to just enjoy the process now. So and I can tell you, I well and truly do that now. So that enjoy, yeah, yeah, it's nice to be playing. So tell us a bit about your background. Uh, you know where you're brought up and um, sort of how you got into music and so forth. Yeah. Um, Long story short was, like, I'm from Brisbane as a young kid, 16, um, or before that I had a little drum kit when I was in high school, um, always played a bit of air drums, I was always tapping on my on my, on my my legs was when the car was driving and we were listening to radio, driving up and down the highway, <laughs> and then um, started a little band with the, in primary school with my best mate, Benji, and um, and ended up you know, playing songs on along the radio when you get home from school every day. It's kind of like practice, I suppose, just listening to the radio and playing along to it. Mm-hmm. Fast forward that, moved to Melbourne when I was 16, did the same thing, started um, a band when I got out of university first year when I went to RMIT um, and just began the um, touch points of sort of working within the music industry did a little bit of studio assisting at one of the famous studios down here from for a good year um booked a hotel ended up at premier artists um which is a booking agency a very famous infamous booking agency and got to know a lot of people out of that the band that i was playing in turned into another band and then i took off and started playing in a band Snowblind that ended up being called Motor Race and Motor Race developed in a rehearsal room. Um, we went on to have number one record, toured Australia, played with Oasis, Foo Fighters, Blink-182, mm-hmm. played stadiums, went to Japan, played Fuji Festival, um, recorded lots of music, went to America, went to the UK, got a song on the radio and then came home and then in 2005 we sort of split up and uh stay are you with me aaron yeah mate, absolutely <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm intrigued yeah and then and then i um the band broke up just because we were a bit older and everyone started having kids and things and getting serious with life um and then then it starts to get really interesting i started working in a large venue down here and then i went back to premier artists and i became an agent and I did five years there of breaking new artists and that meant a whole bunch of different acts like Kingswood and Illy and um, uh, look, a long, long list of really great acts, um, which was awesome. Um, and uh, from that, I decided to break off and start my own agency, which was great. Um but, um, and I suppose that's where my sort of journey starts to get pretty hectic in the fact that I started my own business and um, being more of a music fan rather than an entrepreneur in some, some ways, the lines start to get a little bit fuzzy after that, sort of uh, be careful what you wish for and all that kind of process of um, starting a new business and not having properly, you know, gone to any sort of business school or anything like that. I just sort of followed my nose and went into, went off into agency for a good eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward to now, through COVID, I've ended up at Live Nation and now I'm GM of special events. 
it's a really exciting role. Um, although we've had troubles, you know, putting things together for Live Nation as a company over COVID, you know, globally, I've had some very some really good experience just, you know, on the ground, um, um, just working, ducking and weaving, trying to make things happen for artists and our teams as we've sort of experienced COVID and really that just takes you to today. Now I'm sort of, um, we're in a new world, got some new motivation, world's starting to open up and uh, and now I'm talking to you, Aaron. <laughs> Incredible, mate. Incredible. I, I think there's a hell of a lot uh, we've got to unpack in that, uh, in that, in that career. Um, one thing that come to mind straight away is, mate, oh, I saw Blink-182 in America, and if you could keep up with them, you could keep up with anybody. So I'd imagine there's probably yeah. a, there's a bit of drugs fueling uh, their performances. But, um, you know, interesting to sort of hear your, 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 your own journey sort of coming through uh, you know, uh, on the scene as a young fella and obviously some of the things that um, went on around your yeah. music uh, life, you know, there would have been a fair bit of partying and um, and stuff going on back then, I would have thought. Oh, definitely. You get to experience just about everything. I think the great thing about that was when I was a little kid, it was 1990 or 89 or whatever it is, I used to go and see, you know, get my... Um, mother or stepdad go and take me to concerts um one of the acts that i saw as a young kid was like i think it was like uh ice house in 1927 a bunch of other acts at you know um brisbane sydney uh brisbane entertainment center yep and then to go back there you know what 20 years later as a young kid um you know or what is it you know it was even it was uh it's even 10 years later, really. Um, go back there playing along, you know, Blink-182 in the same stadium. That was pretty weird, you know. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Looking back at it now, um, yeah, you've got to be careful what you wish for with that stuff. But, <laughs> you know, a lot of that comes from, you know, manifesting and being positive, putting yourself out there, working really hard. And, yes. Um, it's, uh, yeah... You know, I think, thinking about it about now, it's so weird. Yeah, oh, yeah. mate, be, be amazing. So you, you, were, you were the drummer, obviously. So you, the drummers are usually yeah. the ones that, uh, that play up the most, they tell me. Yeah, well, you kind of have a, your brain is, um, they do say that they're the smartest in the band and we'll definitely take that, um, <laughs> it will take that. Yes. We'll take that compliment. But no, it's, it's a unique role in the fact that, you know, you've got many moving parts and I think sometimes drummers can think about those moving parts at the same time mm-hmm. um, and maybe singers or songwriters have different parts of their brain that activate, you yes, know. Yes, you, you, anyway. you're using both hemispheres, aren't you, consistently when you're playing drums, I would have thought. Yeah. I haven't gone into the science of it too much, but, yeah, I mean, I've, I noticed that. A lot of really great bands have motivational drummers that kind of run the, sh- the ship, you know. Mm. I know Danny from um, from Tool, he's kind of like the main honcho of that band. Mm. Not that there's any similarities in terms of music, but, yeah, and I've experienced a few different people, managers and all that kind of thing and they're, they're the drummers of acts and stuff. So I don't know what, it's a, a weird connection maybe. Or maybe they're just, uh, 
stupid enough to take up the task. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happens is, is if you're using both sides of your body simultaneously like that, and you know, there's blood flowing between both hemispheres, you really activate it, you know, and. Um, uh, a lot yeah. of us are, are very one-dimensional, you know, this is why we have mental health problems, I reckon, because we're only using the same part of our body consistently, you know, and if you can, you can, yeah. um, you can diversify that and use your opposite hand more, I think it, it can actually balance you out quite a bit. These are some of the tricks that um, I try and get people to do if they've got some, you know, something going on in their life, you know, just to be able to sort themselves out uh, independently. Uh, I suppose, but yeah, I've always been fascinated with drummers, just how quick they move and the sounds that come out of uh, the equipment is pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they're, they're freaks, basically. <laughs> pretty much. Well, uh, you think, it, you look at Ringo Starr and you look at uh, you know, some of the, uh, the, 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 the drummers that used to punish themselves uh, primarily, the Rolling Stones guy and all that, like, geez. Um, uh, they still were quite with it above the shoulders, but um, you know they, they gave their bodies a hiding as well. Yeah, absolutely. Larry Mullins got um, drum um, back issues. Mm. You know, Phil Collins he had back issues mm. um, later in life. You know, but you know you're talking about icons here. You know, Stuart Copeland's of the world. You know, unfortunately, you know Taylor Hawkins. What happened there? Um, mm. This uh, the world is. I, I always, I always thought if you've got a great drummer, you've got a, you've got an even better band. So I kind of, I would hope that people looked at Motorist and said, yeah, they've got a good drummer. If that's <laughs> what they say in terms of feedback, I've done my job, you know. Yes, that's right, mate. Tell me, um, obviously, you know, you you were you were a, a pretty strong outfit with the guys. Like you obviously gelled together pretty well. And, um, you know, you, you, you stuck together as a group. Was there any challenges for you along the way with regards to your own sort of um, communication and uh, relationship with each other? Yeah, we definitely had our struggles. There's no doubt about it. Um, some, you know, some people pitch in more to the, to, the, uh, to the group than others, you know, and there's, sometimes there's a dislocation or a sort of feeling of where some people don't contribute as much. But then, you know, in, in that sort of scenario, I know some people just aren't capable of being able to contribute to that degree. So definitely have everyone has their role to play. Um, I will say for the record, Patch and I, for the most part, have gone head-to-head mm-hmm. on most things sometimes. But at the same time, I'm full agreement in terms of other things that he does. So, you know, it's just a push-pull. I'm infinitely sure that I make his life... Um, Misery sometimes is sort of my things that I'd like to do. Mm. Pat Patches is a singer. It, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, Patches is a singer. Yeah, um, <laughs> but but it's for the betterment of the of the band. I I always feel like if if it's if it's if the idea and all the strategy has merit and it and it and it's got pluses around it, then it should be done. For example, we've got this documentary. That we shot on our last tour with a, a really great guy called Matt Jasper, and I'd love it to come to to light. Um, ultimately, Patch has is uh, is indifferent about it, um, and we sort of got a bit of a loggerhead between you know the director and him. And there's not much I can do about it, you know, other than just stand back. Really, I've sort of done everything I can to kind of make it come to fruition, and unfortunately. 
it may never, ever, ever see the light of day, uh, mm. which is a shame because a lot of work went into it and it was a really great story and it had a lot of um, touch points with all the people that have been part of our story and they all agreed to do it and just never really saw the light of day, which is mm. just sad, you know. I think it's sad for punters, sad for sad for our kids. Mm, <laughs> um, but that's... Yeah. But that's where it's at, you know, I can't control it, so I don't worry. You yeah, know? yeah, that, that's it, mate. Don't get too attached, and if things evolve, then they will, and everyone, everyone will benefit from that outcome, I would have thought. So, mate, yeah, yeah, exactly. Tell me, um, like, with re- I'm sure some of the listeners, list- listeners would be intrigued with regards to, you know, your experience with, um, uh, with bands like the Foo Fighters and Oasis and Blink-182. What are some of the things you might have observed amongst that, uh, that sort of outfit? Well, firstly, there's a common denominator that these bands are great for reasons and it's because they've got extreme amounts of talent, you know, Mm. across the board. Every single one of those individuals in those acts had, you know, incredible talent. Um, Mm. They they deserve to be on those stages, you know. Um, And you sort of just a bit in awe of that, you know. I was completely in awe of... Dave Grohl and watching Taylor Hawkins side of stage, you know, when they're literally three metres away, mm. just seeing how those bands operate and do things and, um, you know, Oasis in terms of just the camaraderie, you know, this is before they broke up, but just their sort of camaraderie and the songs and their, uh, you know, professional outfit, the way that they sounded and they presented and, the, you know, the sort of how they presented their shows, you know, with sort of, openings and you know like a a mini theater show in terms of crescendos at the end and all that kind of stuff so you really take all those different elements and how to do shows on board you know Mm. um the theatrical component of shows which some acts don't do these days but it's a heavy heavy kind of um learning curve that you go on um and i literally saw foo fighters go from small clubs um to big stages and festivals through to, you know, playing stadiums until that show that they just recently did in Geelong for uh, for Victoria. So you see the evolution of these things and, man, I'm just in awe of it, you know. It's uh, like anyone else, you know, you're watching those things and you take all those little bits on board about how they make things bigger and better, you know. Um, sure. Yeah. Oh, mate, yeah, um, yeah the... the um I suppose the exposure and the experience to be around guys like that, and you know, maybe they weren't as huge back then, but but you know, obviously they've evolved. And um, geez, I, I, yeah. I, went, I went and saw Blink One Eight Two as I mentioned in America, and it was me. I was forty five or forty four or something, and there was a heap of bloody kids there, you know, and there was fifteen thousand people in the room and or in the stadium or whatever it was. But but uh, you know, they they gave their all in that performance. It was it was unbelievable, you know. Totally. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, that hard work ethic, you know, the, you know, them just kind of always being available and time and putting effort into everything that they did, you know. Mm. They're, they're full-time musos, those people, their career, career talent, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm always in awe of that stuff. I, so, I sort of don't get sort of starstruck these days because you, you end up either meeting these people and they're really, really normal, um, which is great. Mm. But it's, sometimes it's sort of, uh, 
you, you just you just understand where they're coming from. I mean, these are normal people, but they're just really good at particularly a job that some people aren't, you know. Mm, mate, their, their drummer was amazing. Blink-182 drummer, he was incredible, that guy. I can't, don't know what his name was, but you, you probably do. But he, uh, Taylor, yeah, Taylor. That was Taylor, yeah. right? Unreal, mate, because he, he had a real crack. Is that the Blink-182 mean, or you mean the Foo Fighters? Uh, Blink-182, I saw him at... Oh, uh, it's Travis... Travis Barker. Oh, righto. Oh, geez. They were at Barclays Arena in, in New York where I saw him, and, mate, this guy was yeah. just, like, in, off the show with the way he, he went about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, he's a freak, you know. He's completely in... I, I saw him play stadiums without any fallback. So if you know what I'm talking about, that means kind of all their instruments are projected out through massive PAs. He had absolutely no um, fallback at all or no ear monitors, so, which means that he would play those songs basically to his own kind of um, metronome, you know, to his own kind of click track in a way, and that was just because he would count a song in and off he would go. So mm. he didn't rely on the sound of, you know, vocals or any guitars or anything. He just went off and did it, which is just... Absolutely phenomenal, mm. mind blowing. Mm -hmm. And he'd be well in his forties now too. I would have thought so. Um, you know, yeah, so yeah, that, absolutely. Have that level level of fitness, uh, which which it pretty well is. You know, to, to to play an instrument hard for a couple of hours, you know, is a fair <laughs> fair meat in itself. Whether you're a young fellow or an old fellow, I would have thought. Yeah, exactly. Mate, um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and no, I just—I was just thinking about that. Just how incredible those those are those those acts were. I mean, you know, punk bands are notorious for sort of just being punk bands and not giving a shit. But you know, when you see bands going to punk bands like that going to stadiums, you know, it, it's all a little bit of a charade in some ways. And the fact that they they act like they're not that good, but they're insanely amazing. You know, mm. like really, really good. Oh, incredible, mate. Interesting, um, like, uh, I've all often wondered with regards to you guys, how you make money. Obviously, back then when things were good, you would have been going well, but when things started to decline and the guys started to break up, did you sort of question yourself what you're going to do for a dollar? I absolutely did. And I had a, I, you know, between you and I, I, I had a real kind of, um, what's it called when you have a, you have a, and uh, a disability to understand what your path would be next. Mm. I, I I had a um, identity crisis. I was like, yes. you know, I was always demo the drummer and make things happen guy, um, networker, and all of a sudden that vehicle that carried that, you know, the band was um, no longer available to me, you know. But mm. I, I have no regrets on that. Um, I wish it was different, you know. Um, I mean, I always had aspirations to go on to be bigger things. And I think that, you know, some circumstances around Patch's mental health himself and maybe the health of us being able to get overseas earlier could have probably, I could have had a different career and trajectory. And, you know, Motorist probably could have been an overseas act if we'd gone way, way earlier. Mm. Um, but there's certainly no regrets now. Um, but, I, yeah, there was an identity crisis there straight up. I, I literally went on a bender for six months with my mate 
I was trying to figure out what the fuck I was going to do, you know. <laughs> I was like, um, and, you know, I, t- I had a very special family member, um, Carly Poulos, who's a, a friend of my mother's, and she was, a, she was a life coach. And she sat down with me and we sort of did this sort of exercise. I can't remember exactly what they were, but she was, you know, let's, let's figure out exactly what she wanted to do. I'm insanely thankful for that because she really opened up my eyes about process and figuring out, um, you know, taking those examples of what I was good at and then, you know, and then putting them into the real world of maybe, you know, a new life with a career that utilised the things that I did previously. So I haven't actually publicly thanked her for that, but... I hope she hears this because, uh, yeah, that, those those little moments where she worked through those moments of doubt um, gave me some real um, pathways to what I should do. And uh, and in fact, to, to this day, I'm probably living the life because of those choices that I made, that she made available to me back then. Mm, incredible. And just in that, you know, on that... Like that, that, that self doubt can lead to, you know, lack of self worth and, 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 you know, your disconnection with your identity. Um, that's a, the problem that a lot of us guys have where we're attached to our, our role in life, whether that be an electrician or a painter or, you know, a musician or whatever. We're, we're actually attached to, you know, being yeah. a demo, the drummer. But, but once you lose that, you, you lose, you lose your self worth and that, that takes you in a spiral, um, you know, and that obviously happened to well, you, yeah. Well, that happened recently, um, and that came after I had one, two, three agency, which was, you know, started with myself and the laptop. Um, I ended up with, you know, 10 agents and um, an operations team um, and a promo team for one, two, three agency, which was a you know really amazing collective of really good people and great artists, and it was young, it was vibrant, it was positive. Um, we had some really great things. We were going out to market and finding really great acts, um, you know, firing them up, discovering them, planting the seeds out there in the live world in terms of context of opportunities and and all that kind of thing and then unfortunately um, as the world sort of progressed I ended up in a spot where I was literally you know in a lot of ways out of my debt Mm. and uncomfortable because it became much bigger than I thought it ever would be Um, and you can grapple with that but I was fundamentally um, I suppose my management skills were exposed in the fact that I wasn't ready for the amount of movement that those types of business, especially in music, how they, you know, they're not contractual. I felt uneasy about that. I had business partners I was very uneasy with. I was very uncomfortable with um, how processes and um, some of those decisions were being made. I was, you know, so I was being pulled down in a way that I wasn't comfortable with, um, yeah. for good or for bad, and I, and I was conscious of that, but I was trying to move forward. Mm. Um, but you, you take these as learnings. Um, I have so many more learnings now than um, than I did before, and that really puts you in good stead with 
um, understanding what your capabilities are. Mm. And uh, I know what my capabilities are now and I know where I'm positioned best. Um, and I need to follow my nose when it comes to that stuff and follow it, you know, ultimately use my gut um, and, you know, try not to force things or do things that you didn't like. So, you know, that'll never happen again, fortunately for me. I've made, I've made life decisions around that. And the benefits out of that, Aaron, after going through that process, is that family was the most important thing in the universe to me. You know, COVID happened. Um, unfortunately, 123, which is a business that I had, um, I was exposed financially with a whole bunch of partners that never paid up, unfortunately. Um and that left us in a place where we had to put the business into liquidation through COVID and a whole bunch of issues. But, you know, it was cataclysmic. And, uh, you know, there's lots of learnings around that. There's, you know, people have their reasons. But ultimately, if I look at it on a piece of paper and go, you know, was it a positive experience? Absolutely. Would I do it again? Maybe not. Um would I engage with a whole bunch of those people in terms of those management roles and those positions and partners? Um, no. And, mm. you know, and you kind of learn over those years and those periods of the things that you want to do and not the things that you feel you're obligated to. So, mm. um, you know, uh, it's, it's, COVID, really, COVID really exposed all that type of stuff more so than anything and um and, you know for people who they really are and unfortunately everyone's had trying times through it but it is what it is mm, that's true mate you know one one thing that was coming to me there look once you get out of the road and you just let go and you say what do you got for me now you know rather than getting too caught up in the negative stuff like everything's sort of unfolding yeah. for a reason you know so so all that sort of shit happened and then you've sort of come out the other side of it you know pretty pretty clean uh in many ways but but we get too stuck in the the in the in the negative mind uh, you know and we get in that protective mode but if we can just sort of learn to let go a little bit um you know it's amazing what actually comes our way and what what can unfold if you're really open to that that change cycle rather than sort of being stuck in a um, yeah. in an identity yeah. or whatever it actually is, you know, you're attached. Well, especially over time when you build relationships with people, you know, and businesses can be really, really difficult. And people go, you know, I just want Damo to be, you know, the happy boss and blah, blah, blah. But people don't, you know, some people don't realise the day-to-day pressures of, uh, making sure that bills can be paid and wages and all that kind of thing. And that took a heavy toll on my physical and mental health through all of that process. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as, as much success that you can have, um, you've got to pay for that too. And then, you know, in, within my business is probably the most least paid person, you know. Mm. Um, but, uh, but I did the most work in a lot of ways and I was offer, offering opportunity to staff I was their backbone if they ever needed me. I would connect them with clients. I would connect them with bits and pieces and offer them opportunity. Um, but there was a still an element from um, either way that I was just uncomfortable with. And ultimately, I paid a bit of a price there personally with a lot of relationships, unfortunately. You know, I put a lot of trust into people. Um, it, it was a pretty difficult period. Mm. But now... 
I've come through the light through the difficult um, difficult kind of period of that. I'm thankful for the relationships that I still have um, and I know who my friends are in that, in that regard. Mm. Um, I wish those people that were given legs up who didn't have opportunity when I first met them would be respectful of that, but I can't control that, so I don't really worry about it, you know. Um, mm. So, you know... So, I don't want to stand here and say I'm the bitter, twisted one. I'm far from that, but there's learning that for, for other people, I think. Yeah. So, and, so, so, you know, I do believe in karma as well. Oh, of course, mate. Absolutely. Karma is <laughs> an important factor, you know. So, so, so what's, what happened was you, you had a successful business and that, that business was taken away. That's what I'm hearing? Yeah, in a lot of ways, you yeah. know. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, it was difficult, you know. Um, yeah, it's and it, and it's not new, and it's and it'll happen again to other people. It's uh, it, it is what it is. I, I had some very dodgy partners along the way, mm. and looking back, and uh, they know who they are. You know, they really do. But 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 but, you know, today's a new world, and I look back and I go, thank you for that experience yes. because I'll never do that again. Absolutely, you know what I mean? Absolutely, um, mate. And, and, and you need to be congratulated for that because you're seeing the positive out of the negative and, and that, that, that yeah. gives you a doorway for growth, you know. There's going to be more blockages and challenges in the future. If you can respond to them the right way, then, you know, you're going to be on this pathway of, um, of, of great project, projection for the rest of your life. But, um, you know, we can really be reactive as guys primarily. Like when something happens, we, we fall in this state of, you know, self-doubt as i mentioned and um you know uncertainty and self-criticism and judgment and all those sorts of things and you know right. we, we do work hard as as guys you know in general uh, and all of us do we work hard to achieve and do the right thing or what we perceive to be the right thing but um sometimes we get a kick up the ass and um if we can actually be proactive with that kick up the ass rather than be reactive then i think we can really help uh, help ourselves yeah yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's not all my story either. It exposes people for who they are as well. And you, and look again, you know, I'm not being judgmental in any way. It, that's the state of play. But you know, I choose not to have involvement with those people if that makes sense, mm. and that's okay. You know, um, uh, and you can sort of. Um, you know, that's the thing about COVID. You had a chance to take a breath and, and figure out what's best for your life. And what was best for my life was my family and looking after them, which I hadn't. And I would take fully on board the... Um, I was sort of complacent and I was a little bit absent. Mm, yep. Because I was so busy in my business. Yep. And really, at the end of the day, I, I you know, COVID did some positives in the fact that it exposed the fact that my family was way more important than anything that happened and just in a, in a business sense because, you know, your family is the thing that keeps you... They're the one source of energy or honesty that's going to be stick by, you know, thick or thin or any other. Um, the glue, yeah. So, and if there's people out there that don't have family directly that, that you know, there'll, there'll be friends or there'll be brothers from different mothers or, mm. you know, good close acquaintances and you really get to know who, who those people are when the, um, when the push comes to shove. 
really. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for all those, uh, very, very thankful for all those um, past experiences. They've shaped the way that I am now and I'm in a brilliant spot, you know, personally. I just got engaged mm. to the mother of my, my, my baby, Sophia, um, <laughs> and uh, I'm thankful for that. You know, and my workplace have never been stronger and more confident. So, you know, a, a different period started in my life, and, and but I won't lie to you, it's, it's been difficult. It's been super difficult. But mate, you you live near you Luna Park, so you know the roller coasters, and, and life uh, yeah. life can be like that. But but primarily, if you you, you find that 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 smooth sail uh eventually you stay true to that uh you know but but as young fellas and as we get into our 30s and 40s we still experience that but it does get better i wanted to know damo like with regards to like your observation of your mental health through that period what was it like for you yeah well running a business can be stressful um you know running running and having the responsibility of you know wages and you know, um, the company taxes and all the in procedure and and running. You know, you know, I I am absolutely hand on heart when it came to that. I relied on other people to kind of assist with that, and they were really brilliant. But at the same time, my main focus was what I was really good at was creating opportunity or um, creating opportunity or creating uh, an. Um, um, concepts or ideas or networks, you know. So that's that's what I'm very very good at um, managing someone's mental health within my team. Or, um, you know, let's talk about strategy or some of those larger ticket items that come um, when it comes to, to personal growth or whatever. You know, that's way out of my ballpark and. Having to manage that on a on a one on one level, I was I grappled with because people's expectations are different, and you know, quite frankly, HR and how people manage how you manage people, I find that really really difficult because everyone's so freaking different, you know. <laughs> it's very hard to do. Just just on that, mate, um, it's it's a reactive process. It's not a proactive process, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. And you said it, so you know. I found that difficult. So that, so I. But I was also conscious of that. You know, doing that as a team leader or as a business owner or whatever. That that had its pressures. So meanwhile, when I was at home um, at the time of one, two, three, I'd actually was going through a divorce in my family. I was uh, managing uh, a child as well, single dadding. Um, and um, sort of grappling with that and, you know, through that process I had a new partner and, and then we had some problems trying to have babies and, um, you know, just life struggles. We were just sort of trying to make things happen and mm. all those things were compounding, you know, cataclysmically at once and I found it, I found it very difficult for places to go to in terms of refuge for my sanity and yes. how to do all that and manage that yeah. it was a, a you know insane time and um you wouldn't wish that on anyone but it was a freakingly laborious 
heavy, you know, it's like a cloud of pain just across every single touch point in my life. It just felt like you couldn't get a break with some bits and pieces. And ultimately, um, ultimately, uh, I needed something to, to, to give way for me to get my sanity back and, you know, um, you know, the business and how one, two, three sort of, um, enveloped into, I actually got, um, partnered up with Live Nation in the end and had to, um, unfortunately, you know, sort of, um, let go of a bunch of staff and that was a difficult process, but, and then COVID literally smacked that over the head again. So it was, you know, yeah, just just difficult times, mate. Very difficult. So, so you were you were sort of involved with this one, two, three agency, and you had like a, a there was a large number of people working for them. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah, we had about twenty staff in the end. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Unreal. Um, that's coming from someone who uh, I'm a previous drummer in a band, you know, running a business. <laughs> yeah. So that you know, um, yeah, and you know, as I said before, I had a particularly um you know negligent um partner who was just absent and just not not even there and just created so much pain it was just awful so something had to give you know really yeah um but uh you know i I'm ultimately i can point the finger everywhere at the end of the day but um but i don't think that that's a that's not a true representation of the situation because I, in some ways I kind of made it happen. Mm. Um, so I'm responsible for that. But I'm also, I'm really, really happy to say, you know, right now I don't have those issues. <laughs> I don't have those issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that, Go ahead. Yeah, so I think, you know, be careful what you wish for. If you get there, you've got to be, you've got to make sure that you can... Um, um, live the realities of those uh, of your proactive actions yes yeah i get it mate tell me um did you pick up drumsticks through this period a little bit yeah i did a little bit i reconnected with patch who was the singer from Murray's, and we started this little side projecty thing which was good for me because it was meant i could have a physical outlet mm-hmm. i don't do a lot of exercise or anything like that yep obviously passionate about music and always listening and stuff. So that was a nice experience. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, playing in bands and doing that type of thing, sometimes it feels a little bit silly. You feel like you should be home with the kids, just making sure they're tucked into bed, you know? <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it just, it, sometimes it feels a bit silly, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, mate, like you're living the dream in many ways, but yeah, you're right, there's other... There's other things in your life which um, take priority too, I guess. But um, but yeah, I, I was interested to see, like you know, when you when you, this is the the trick for guys, right? To to, to be able to have a foundation of your life, so something that keeps you grounded, no matter what shit that comes up, you know, to be able to have something which gets you back to your home base again. And uh, it sounds like that was probably pretty well lost for you uh, through that period. But um, I just think if we can stay true to a, a practice or something that we're really connected with, then it can see us through any adversity that uh, that life throws up at us. Mm. I mean, yeah, I suppose. And the one thing that I really lacked through that, some of that process was a mentor or, or whatever, um, 
the mentor was sort of is is something that I wished for, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, when it came to my um, my world, um, it sort of the people that you would call were kind of your um, well, not your nemesis, but I suppose that they would be your sort of competition in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. you're kind of trying to uh, carve a big part of the world into the, you know, entertainment industry and a lot of people that you kind of wanted to talk to, you, you know, I didn't have that person I could reach out to, unfortunately. Yes. And I would like to think that I could be there for some of those people now who may be looking for that. Um, I was fortunate re- recently to go out on a, a work retreat and I found that to be absolutely inspiring. Mm. Um, and that was just the, you know a senior leadership kind of an operations team going out to a retreat to sit around a table and talk about, you know, ongoing issues and strategies around that, how to team up and, you know, think about our long-term strategies and for the business and how we're going to conquer that, do that with good people and Mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. So, you know, look, there's been some really great learnings um, and, you know, you got you got to you got to reach out from time to time. You know. Yeah, absolutely, you do, mate. You you spend too much time between your ears, otherwise, and uh, you know you can be your own worst enemy. So you yeah. can, have, can have an outlet to, to be able to express what's exactly going on. It. That's what happens with guys, you know. And I've set up Outback Mind now as a foundation, so to be able to sort of do more work out there and have these uh, forums or opportunities where guys can just go and talk about shit, you know, without having a beer in their hand or whatever. But, but um, yeah, it's important to be able to unlock and unload, um, you know, otherwise we get too, uh, too wound up within ourselves. And um, it's something that women do very well, but guys don't, you know. And, um, no, that's right. At, at all right. levels, and I, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, talking is a, it's the first step into it. You know, you're not going to solve it if it's just <laughs> stuck in your head. Mm. You need to, uh, there's a certain amount of uh, exposing yourself without feeling of wanting to be judged or whatever. Mm. Just, you know, just talk about it, physically say it out, out, out of your mouth so someone can go, oh, well, you know, I can help with that or, mm. or this is what's going on, you know, different perspectives and stuff, so... Oh, mate, you know, look, yeah, that, that, that's the thing. But see, you think about the programming that we had when we were younger and coming through, it's all about that judgment and uh, all that type of thing about worrying what people might think and all that too. But, you know, you've really got to be able to open up um, and talk about stuff uh, without fear, you know, uh, because it's important for our own development and growth. Otherwise, we, we store it in our bodies and it just it can manifest into disease, you know, so... For this uh, for this to happen, I think it's really um, really important. But you know, without the clinical approach too, to be able to sort of go to, to people that you can trust or go to these circles like I, I'm talking about, I think um, is, is is important for us to be able to have uh, a place where we can feel safe and to be able to sort of feel um, like we can uh, let go of a few things and to be able to also build our capacity and and see where life takes us, mate. Because exactly what 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 you explained before, like opportunities opened up for you because you sort of you know you, you become open to them and um you know if you get too stuck with your identity and so forth you know this is me and this is what i do then all of a sudden you're actually missing out what uh, what 
on what could be possible, I suppose, as well. Exactly. And I think that one of the, busy, the, the um, you know, like one of the things that I can look back on is that in the middle of the storm when I was really, really busy and all that kind of thing, I was, A, not sleeping well. So that was a really big factor. So you got no limited sleep. You know, humans need to sleep. Sleep's an important um, self sort of re- what do they call it when you uh, resetting kind yeah. of yeah yeah resets the brain for the next day. But part of that was uh, you know sleep deprivation. I wasn't eating well, mm-hmm. probably drinking too much, um, and I was sort of physically rushing from one spot to another um, mm. and not really giving the body a chance to kind of... Reset. Um, yeah, reset. And, you know, now that I don't have all those, you know, things that, that surround me, the chaos, I, you know, I used to try and take, you know, funny pills and green juice and blah, blah, blah. Now, now I just eat well, mm-hmm. I sleep well, and all the stress points in my life, they're just not around. I just took them out. Yes. And I got back to basics, and um, I suppose you have to go to the edge to know what you're capable of, right? Absolutely, mate. Um, that's, that's so, you know, they're, they're really important parts, you know. If you take the stress out, then you just get better, you know. And it's okay to say no. Um, I say no to lots of stuff now, and I do what I'm capable of. Yes. And uh, I sleep well. My family loves me. <laughs> I, I actually love me. <laughs> I don't present <laughs> myself as being, you know... Uh, that's a, and frankly, that's a, that's a great place to be. Yeah. Oh, it is, mate. And that's the thing, you know, we, a lot of us, nine out of, if you line nine, uh, ten guys up, 9.9 of them would say they don't really like themselves or uh, they've got no self-love, you know. Uh, it's just really uh, unfortunate. But, um, um, yeah, it's one, one, one real gift that we've got sitting there waiting for us, for us to be able to have that acceptance again, to be able to to um, you know, be okay with who we are. You know, at the end of the day, because we get uh, we get so distracted with all the bullshit. But really, we're 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 not sort of you know too too connected to ourselves. And and really, our soul's journey in this lifetime, I reckon, is a, is a big part of it. What's true to you, and be able to stay true to that, I think, is uh, key as well to to being happy and, and engaged with yourself too. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right, mate. Tell me, uh, what's going on with you now? So the band is back together. You got um, you got uh, some shows coming up. Are you going to go on a bit of a tour uh, pretty soon? Yeah, well, yeah. we did have shows coming up, and unfortunately, we're going to have to postpone them because <laughs> the world's still a little bit funny out there in terms of COVID. Right. Although it's um, you know, there's people around us, there's teams around us, people that we need. They're just unfortunately unavailable, or it's um. The timing just ain't right, so we're going to postpone our little run of dates, mm-hmm. either to the end of the year or to early next. And unfortunately, that's just the state of play. Yep. But um, yeah, but um, you know, playing gigs again. You know, I come in the live music industry in terms of events and tours and blah blah blah, and, and it's still, you know, Perth particularly is having a tough time with COVID. Um. um we're still finding people at, you know, some shows in terms of what we're doing. Some shows are really great. Some shows are bad, you know. Mm. Um, just trying to figure out certain bits and pieces of how to navigate the new world that is, you know, COVID. <laughs> mm. It's, uh, 
it's it's just one of those things, mate. We just got to work through it. There's still another twelve months of pain for the industry in some ways, you know. But we'll get there. I'm optimistic. Roll with the punches, mate. I was just trying to think of the exactly. the, the band that sung that. The, the uh, what was the song? Bloody roll with the punches. I'm just trying to think of the American band. But anyway. That's a bit of research. Oh, we've, we've got a song called Carry On. Oh, you have. Yeah, that, that, that's true. Exactly the same thing. We shall carry on. We shall carry on. Yeah, that's an awesome song, mate. I, uh, I told a mate of mine that you were coming on the other day and I remembered that straight away. So same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome song. There you go. Mate, um, so if people want to look at the work you're doing and uh, maybe connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Um, true motorist. Well, that's um, definitely just, you know, all the motorist hang, um, handles out there. And then in terms of what I do for work for Live Nation, we're in the Special Events Corp of town. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting place to work for me and I, I enjoy it thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm sort of working through day to day when it comes to, um, you know, working with my team and doing really cool stuff. So... We don't do too much, but enough of something um, that makes it an interesting work. Um, we've got our clients, and we look after them, and that's how we work. So, um, you know, I'm really happy to talk to anyone about any time in terms of if I can help them with their careers or whatever, and I'll do what I can. <laughs> no promises, but, you know, um, I'll just sort of, you know, in terms of what I used to do and breaking new acts, I don't do that much these days. I'll leave that for the young ones. Um, but I, I run at my own. I run at my own pace now, and I work with the people that I want to work with. And um, I can't tell you how much gratification that gives me. Yeah. Um, more than anything. Building the team around you that uh, that, that that matches you, I think, is really important. You know, and uh, sounds like you're doing that, mate. And um, yeah, certainly, I'd recommend anyone checking out the website. Is it LiveNation.com.au? Yeah, that's the one. Dot com yeah. So yeah, we're all in there. Cool, mate. It's been a pleasure, Damo, and I reckon we're going to have another chat uh, again down the track. So um, yeah, look yeah, at, that'd be great. I'd, I'd love that. Thanks, Aaron, for having me. I really appreciate it. It's actually great to tell my story, and thanks oh. for being um, a good listening ear. <laughs> that's fine, mate. Uh, uh, pleasure, and um, you know, certainly. Um, might have to get Patch on and have a chat and get his uh, side of the story too at some stage. Yeah, you should. You should definitely talk to him <laughs> um, and uh, bug him. He, he would love it, you know. <laughs> Cheers, mate.